Asia-Pacific Currents. News and labour issues from the Asia-Pacific region. We strongly condemn the, the police that arrest uh, the protesters. Saturday mornings at 9 o'clock. On Community Radio 3CR. Workers of the world should unite to fight this greedy capitalist. Brought to you by Australia Asia Worker Links. Good morning and welcome to another episode of Asia Pacific Currents here on Community Radio 3CR. I'm Giselle Hanna and I am taking you through to 9.30 this morning. Um, In the second part of the show, we're going to revisit an interview that we have played for you before. This is the interview that we did with, or rather, it's a speech delivered by Nilafar Nilufar Golkar. She is an Iranian woman based in Canada, um, and she delivered a, a speech about um, the intersections of the current um, uprisings in Iran and the workers' movement. So, in the second part, we'll replay that story. Um, of course, uh, as, uh, Asia Pacific Currents is brought to you by Australia Asia Worker Links. And if you want to get in touch with us, you can find us on the web or the w's.aawl.org.au. We're on Facebook and Twitter, so look us up on those social media platforms. We're going to go straight into news from around the region and we're going to kick off in Sri Lanka where unions have been taking strike action against the cost of living and IMF bailout. Sri Lankan workers went on strike in their thousands on Wednesday to protest against the government's contribution to the ongoing high cost of living and the agreement to a new bailout deal with the IMF. As the roads emptied and the ports shut down, the government mobilised a military which took over railway stations in order to maintain a minimum service and had a tense confrontation with dock workers in Colombo, although they did not attempt to take over the ports. Schools cancelled exams and air traffic controllers adhered to a go-slow campaign. The main demand of the strike was for the government to not introduce new taxes as required by the IMF for a new $2.9 billion bailout. The strike, which involves members of 40 unions, is also aimed at reducing tariffs on energy and lowering interest rates, which are at a record high. The unions stated that they will intensify industrial action if the government ignores their demands. By the weekend, the president indicated that he was willing to discuss the demands with the strike leaders. And in Hong Kong, jailed trade unionist leaders have been released. Elizabeth Tang, the General Secretary of the International Domestic Workers Federation, was arrested in Hong Kong on the 9th of March while visiting her husband in prison. Tang's husband, Lee Chukyan, is a local politician and was General Secretary of the Hong Kong Confederation of Trade Unions from 1990 until 2021. Elizabeth Tang, obviously, is also a comrade of AAWL and we've interviewed her many, many times on the program. Uh, Lee, the, her husband, has been in prison since 2010, excuse me, since 2020 for his involvement in the 2019 Hong Kong protests. Tang was charged with foreign collusion before being released two days later on bail for $25,000. Tang's sister, also a union activist, was arrested over the same weekend. Tang's union declared their solidarity with their general secretary, as did several other global unions, including the International Union of Food, Agriculture, 
hotel, restaurant, catering, tobacco and allied workers associations, the IUF, and the Uni Global Union. And moving to Korea, where a major Korean trade union has been raided, well, the the construction union has been raided with accusations of espionage. The sole officers of the Korean Construction Workers Union were raided on Tuesday on allegations of corruption and extortion. This raid follows another that happened in January against the union's umbrella organisation, the KCTU, after which security services claimed to have found evidence of a pledge of allegiance to North Korea in the union's offices. Accusations of collusion with North Korea stem from the populist rhetoric of President Yoon, who had previously said union activities were a comparable threat to the country as North Korea's nuclear arsenal. In recent months, these accusations have extended to allegations that the unions are directed by Pyongyang. As covered previously on the program, President Yoon has sought both legal and extrajudicial avenues to crack down on unions since his election in April 2022, and he has gained support from some classes of Korean society for his populist campaign to tame the labour movement. And moving now to India, where the state employees uh, have been protesting for Pension Day. State employees in Mumbai and Maharashtra state went on strike this week over their pension plans. In recent years, Indian states governed by the opposition Congress party have increased pensions for their state employees and the Maharashtra workers are demanding a similar arrangement. The pension issue is likely to increase in importance in the next 12 months as general elections, including the presidential election, are due in 2024. In Maharashtra, workers are demanding that the old system of determining pensions be reinstated. The old system, which was repealed in 2004, guaranteed that workers would be paid a pension worth half their working wage upon retirement. The current system, which combines worker and government contributions into a pension fund, pays pensioners a fourth of what they got under the old system, and many workers fear being unable to afford the cost of living once they retire. Moving now to Beirut, where protesters have shut down the CBD. Demonstrators protesting the ongoing economic downturn in Lebanon this week clashed with police and shut down parts of Beirut's central business district as a crisis worsens. On Tuesday alone, the value of the Lebanese pound declined by 15% and sat at um, £140,000 to the US dollar, a decline from 100000 a week earlier. The sudden decline in currency caused the country's petrol stations to close as they could not match their prices to the rapidly changing exchange rates. The banks, which have been on strike since February, were ordered to reopen in a government attempt to stabilise the situation. On Wednesday, protesters were tear-gassed when they tried to break through a barricade at the government headquarters in Beirut. The protest was led by retired soldiers whose pensions no longer supply earnings on which they can live. Rampant inflation has caused severe tension in the country as a Muslim holy month of Ramadan, normally a time of peak consumer activity, has made it difficult for many Lebanese Muslims to be able to afford in in celebrations associated with the religious festival. 
And finally, in Georgia, workers win uh, and, the, and the company agrees to their demands. Workers at the Siami Mineral Water Factory in the former Soviet Republic of Georgia whose industrial disputes we've covered previously on APC, this week ended a 36-day strike as the employer agreed to all of their demands. The workers' union, Siamia and Labor, an affiliate of the Georgian Trade Union Confederation, stated that workers had received a 22% pay rise, 34% night shift pay and 25% public holiday pay. The union said that company had long been underpaying workers as often faulty equipment frequently stopped production at the factory, the cost of which the employer had made the workers bear. Workers went on strike in February and maintained their picket through blizzard conditions. The workers returned to work on the 22nd of March. A big shout out to those workers. Georgia is not exactly known for its liberated um trade union and employment situation. That does bring us to the end of news from around the region. We're going to go to some community announcements and then we'll be back with our feature interview for the morning. If you're a charity or community group looking for office space or a co-working space, Ross House has rooms of different sizes available, from 15 metres squared to 100 metres squared at affordable prices. Many charity groups already call Ross House home, so if you're interested in joining a vibrant community or working towards social justice and environmental sustainability, please visit rosshouse.org.au or contact reception during office hours on 9650 Ross House is a 3CR supporter. Melbourne Jazz Jammers present the third Newport Jazz Festival. 50 bands, multiple venues and three days of great music from some of Melbourne's finest musicians, the 21st to the 23rd of April. Trad, swing, blues, big band, Latin, bossa, bebop and beyond. Get your tickets at the Newport Bowls Club box office, Market Street, Newport, or online at melbournejazzjammers.com.au. Let's get the party started at the friendliest festival in the West, Newport Jazz Festival, a 3CR supporter. You're listening to Asia Pacific Currents here on Community Radio 3CR. And actually, before I go to our feature interview for the morning, I thought I might play a track. This is Destiny by Debbie Morrow.
That was Destiny by Debbie Morrow. A bit heavier than I intended for a Saturday morning, but a gorgeous, gorgeous song nonetheless. We're going to go into our feature interview for the morning. And as I mentioned, we're going to revisit a talk delivered by Nilufar Golkar. She is a doctoral candidate in the Department of Politics at York University and her research uh, is called Conflict and Solidarity Between the Labor Movement and Anti-Colonial Environmentalism Concerning Land and Direct Action. Um, Her talk was about the intersections of the current uprisings in Iran um, and the labor movement. Here is Nilufar Golkar. My talk... uh is about today we are gathering in solidarity with the women life freedom uprising and in solidarity with the labor movement in Iran. But what does solidarity mean between grassroots and labor organizations of Canada and Iran uprising? And why is it so important? Um, In my talk, I'll emphasize on intersectionality of labor um, because from my experience of organizing in Iran and in Canada, I realized that when we go to the issues of intersectionality, there's lots of resistance Um, here in bargaining. When we wanted to enter the clause in collective bargaining, there was some pushback from some members, but also employer. But also when you talk about the issues in Iran, usually people undermine it as as a culture. Like it's like women issues, it's a cultural issue. It's not really uh, related to economy or like politics, et cetera, et cetera. So I will focus on that aspect for a bit. And then also in the notion of solidarity in opposed to unity and why distinguishing between these two is important. Since the death of Jinnah Amini, Iran cities have been the scene of demonstrations, sit-ins, strikes, and incredible creative revolutionary art. People on the streets chanting death to the dictator and women life freedom together as centering women symbolize decades of oppression and state violence on the bodies of women and queer people. For mandatory hijab that goes hand in hand with discriminatory laws against women that impose daily police violence and systemic discrimination and exclusion from the public. These laws were imposed to take away control of women over their bodies, followed by imposing Sharia laws that took away their equal rights, especially in family laws, 
and impose gender segregation in education and many occupations to the extent that women were banned and or discouraged from many jobs that's considered to be male dominated. These aspects systematize oppression against women and force women into feminized lower paid work. And in many cases, entirely outside of wage labor and into subsistence work. As a result, they systematically pushed women further into poverty. When I, when I first uh, came to Canada, I realized many people signed the gender issues to culture separated from economy and politics, which is a very depoliticizing way of looking at the matter. Obviously, alongside women, the marginalization of Kurds, Baluchis, Arabs, Baha'is, seculars, atheists, religious minorities, socialists, feminists, and all those who criticize the government, including intellectuals and journalists, happened. Today, when people chant death to the dictator and women life freedom together, it signifies the emancipation of all cannot happen unless the religious theocracy goes and truly democratic system take over. Bringing up these issues is not to undermine the class struggle, but to show the complexities and hierarchy within the class as well. As another familiar thing I hear from some leftists or some members of workers' movement is that feminist issues are middle-class issues. You should think that the same system that allows a young woman to be kidnapped and killed in the hands of police just for her appearance is the same system that creates the state narrative of nationalism that normalizes extremely murderous violence in some of the border cities. And it is also the same system that cannot tolerate any independent workers and union organizations in Iran. Women Life Freedom Uprising by centering issues of women in Kurdish and Baluchis reminds us that meaningful solidarity means we accept the differences but criticize the power relations and hierarchy of identities that have been imposed on us through different processes of marginalization and through state narrative of nationalism, patriarchy, and violence. In opposed to unity that asks we put differences aside and become fictitiously homogenous. We can see examples of unity in opposed to solidarity in right-wing political coalitions building, uh, coalition buildings that ask people to put aside their demands and political views, but also in a view on class struggle that undermines other forms of identities that uh, comes with power relations. Strong solidarity among the working class happens when we also recognize the similar patterns that, can, that connect our issues to each other. The Iranian state imposed uh, imposed decades of oppression against independent workers' unions that caused the imprisonment of many union organizers in Iran, brutal suppression of strikes and striking workers that led to them being fired and replaced easily. You should look at this in contrast. We should also need to pay attention to the illegal worker situations. So I put illegal in the quotation. The workers who found no place in the official labor force and were pushed into criminalized work. For example, in Baluchistan areas, as a result of decades of oppression that goes hand in hand with keeping those regions underdeveloped and imposed poverty, unemployment and proper employment opportunities are low. There is diversity in work, but an example of criminalized work is moving field between borders that are called Sukhberi, which became the main source of income for many 
when there are no other opportunities. Those workers are in extreme danger of being shot, the commodities being stolen by the government or being ruined. Just today, the Iranian state armed forces shot at two vehicles. They exploded and five Baluchis died. But because of the narrative of nationalism and borders, those deaths supposed to be normalized for us. There are numerous examples from the intersection of different identities that they can keep naming, such as environmental degradation, disposition of communities and farmers from accessing water that has been directed to central industries and how it affects the situation of subsistence work, gendered work and local labor. But because of the time, I can go through them in detail. But these are the issues that the women life freedom it's like trying to bring in uh, to center and like and uh, um, became very important. So in contrast, we see the continuation of incredible resistance from the ground. The uprising for women life freedom wasn't an isolated event, but stood on the shoulders of many previous uprisings, social movements, uh, women movements, workers strikes, union organizers, Kurdish resistance, teachers movements, student movements, and so on. Recognizing this strong history of resistance in Iran is important as there is a fraction of leftists in the West that repeat Iranian intelligence forces accusations that these are conspiracies of CIA and US imperialism. My answer is that the rich history of resistance movements in Iran shows that the cause of the uprising is a brutal, murderous, murderous religious dictatorship that has violated the rights, life, and well-being of diverse communities and social groups in Iran. And we say enough is enough. I end my talk by repeating the most urgent demands, free all political prisoners, stop execution in Iran, and with the, with the hope for strong international solidarity with women, life, freedom, and the labor movement in Iran to keep uh, to help to keep the revolutionary roots of Xinjiang Azadi at the center of the resistance, and to build a feminist, anti-capitalist, and environmentalist future that dignity of all is valued. Common Social Change Library is an online collection of educational resources for those campaigning for social change. It collects, curates and distributes the key lessons and resources of progressive movements around Australia and across the globe. The library includes over 500 resources covering campaign strategy, community organising, activist history, digital campaigning, diversity and inclusion and much, much more. It's free to access the library, so check out the collection at www.commonslibrary.org. Common Social Change Library is a 3CR supporter. Would you like to reduce your risk of dementia? The Better Brains trial aims to discover whether targeted lifestyle changes can prevent memory decline in Australian adults. Participants aged 40 to 70 with a family history of dementia are allocated to receive health coaching from an allied health professional or health education materials about dementia and its risk factors. The trial is run entirely online, so visit www.betterbrains.org.au to sign up now. Better Brains is a 3CR supporter.
Well, that does bring us towards the end of the show. Of course, that speech you heard was delivered by Nilufar Gulkar. She's an academic based in Canada, building international solidarity in um, industrial, in an industrial sense for the women's uprising in Iran. And that is all we've got time for you today on another episode of Asia Pacific Currents. Thanks for tuning in. Please be sure to stay tuned to 3CR for the rest of the morning. And coming up next is Palestine Remembered.